0: It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown.
1: And we got Matt Doyle from MLSsoccer.com here. Uh, Matt, welcome to Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Uh, how are you doing? Good. It's
0: it's nice to be uh, to be on the podcast with with people who've always been such big fans of mine, <laughs> uh, especially on Twitter. Never <laughs> never any uh, you know snarky or mean spirited back and forth, every, or anything like that. It's, uh, it feels like home. It feels comfortable. You it know? feels comfortable.
2: And not hey, not not to have a cheesy pun, but
1: you're literally walking into the lion's den. You know, <laughs> you just. I'll be the first to apologize to you, Matt. To say I'm one of them that has you know talked crap and everything to yeah. you, so I do want to be the first one to apologize. But it's all for fun and games. Is for you, it pays for you. You know, for us, it's just a uh, fan thing. You know, yeah. yeah, gotta
0: blow off, gotta blow off steam. I, I've been in the, I've been in the stands uh, myself more than more than once or twice. I, I know how it goes. So no hard feelings on this. End.
2: The more I read your stuff, the more I'm like, hey, it's it's very reasonable and I'm actually. It, it, it comes off different than your tweets. Is there? I mean, you gotta get clicks, right? That's part of that's part of the gig. How much of the the tweets is just trolling on purpose and baiting us? I mean, we I, fall for it every time, though.
0: I mean, it's there gotta, is some baiting in that. Like, I I know what fans respond to, <laughs> right? I've been a, I've been a fan for a long time myself. I know I, I'm rarely surprised by by responses, but it's not trolling. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. They don't. I only rarely say stuff that I don't believe. And that's always tongue in tongue in cheek stuff. Like uh, the EPL is a retirement leak for MLS. You know? Oh, <laughs> like, okay. But, yeah, but when yeah. I, you know, when I'm breaking down an MLS team, um, I'm not trolling. <laughs> you know, when I was, when you guys were on a six game unbeaten streak or six game winning streak last year, yeah. and I was telling you that you guys were actually crap and mm. that it was all going to come crashing down and like delineating all the reasons why. Yeah. That wasn't trolling. No. <laughs> that, that was
2: you, just I, was the t- truth. I know. That was a, I think that was, that was, that was no, it, you know what it hurt? I feel like we were like battered spouses of some sort and we, we finally thought we'd find a good guy and you go to the, you bring him to the family picnic and you're like, that guy is cheating <laughs> on you. He's terrible. <laughs> and then we're like, no, no, this one has a job and, and he's good. And nope, 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 he cheated. You know, you know that yeah, was not
0: who you brought, That was not who you brought to the family picnic. Yeah. It was it was
2: the, the bad seed. Exactly. What well, one of the questions from the guy who, who uh couldn't make it today, Alex, he wanted me to ask you, like, how did you how you know that? How'd you get it right? Because the Portland, Portland made the playoffs, Real Salt Lake made the playoffs, and that Red Bulls two team that we kind of faced, a lot of them became Red Bulls one players, right? So like they, they were pretty the more active players than than we, we thought at that time of the season. So they sort of beat three playoff teams out of the six. It wasn't just like san jose so i mean how how did you how did you know in
0: in general it's like a three it's like a three-part rubric Mm -hmm. and part one is just the eye test what Mm -hmm. is it what does the team look like Mm -hmm. do do they do they look good it's the same thing every fan does after every game win or lose philadelphia fans are doing it right now saying oh you know what we've lost two games but we lead the league in expected goals and you know we look pretty good And, and yeah, but also defensively we, we look pretty trash. And mm-hmm. that's where you know, so like that's the first one. Second one is just a box score. Do you do you have guys who finish plays off? Portland yeah. has Diego Valeri. Yeah. They can lose a couple early season games and you're like, Yeah, but he's still gonna get fifteen goals and ten assists. Yes and Part sir. three part three is the underlying numbers and this is this is what it really was with you guys last year mm-hmm. was even though the box score was turning out okay. You had guys like Sasha Clash and Dom Dwyer, who I still really rate. The underlying numbers said you guys were a disaster. And then you combine that with going back and looking a little closer at the games, and you're realizing, oh, crap, they're giving away like four or five jailbreaks every single game. Mm-hmm. That's not getting better, even though they're winning. And in fact, when that happens, you kind of know what's going to get. And then the final piece for Orlando City last year was the whispers start coming in. in April, May that the locker room was the disaster that guys were fighting each other. That some of the guy, the new guys who came in, didn't give a shit, uh, and weren't playing for their paycheck. And like when, all, you know, when you have that on top of the underlying numbers and the eye test, you realize, Oh, this team's going to go in the wrong direction.
2: That's what happened. Uh, I, and so you're saying that when El- uh, Mohamed El-Munir just happened to stick his leg out and block a open goal <laughs> that that wasn't sustainable? <laughs> That's what he did yeah. against Portland. I think on Blanco, exactly. right? Or Valeri? He just like stuck a hoof out and just blocked it. And then a couple post shots and a couple empty nets missed. Yeah. But you, you can't yeah. blame us for just enjoying that moment. But but uh, yeah, I I was the one who responded from like our Twitter feed to to, Wars- to buy Warsaw. And I, I definitely lost my my cool on that. That's why That's why JJ apologized. I said, I, when I referenced uh, you, I said Bobby Warsaw got the better of us on that. But the day he did it was when we, we lost to NYC and we had like Tony Rocha and RJ Allen as center back. So I'm like, of all days, that was trolling. Of all days, okay, maybe we suck, but today was excusable to this. suck.
0: I will tell you this, Bobby never trolls. Yeah. Bobby <laughs> believes every, it's, it's adorable. Like Every yeah. word that's ever come out of his mouth he <laughs> really
2: oh man can i ask you something that 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 marketing material you guys have real real swaggy for your your um like recap show does he have like a patch on the on his jacket because it just looks like he's a guy who wears patches on like on his elbows on the jacket
0: <laughs> no he has he has a couple of those blazers that have you know like the 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 english professor patches yeah. on the on the elbows. Yeah, that's,
1: that's Bobby. There you go. Okay, cool. Go ahead, TJ. i David. got a couple of questions for you, Matt. Talking about this season. Let's uh, let's uh, fast forward. Let's not talk about last season because we did <laughs> suck. Yeah, you, uh, you guys are right. That's but, all we have to say. <laughs> and let's talk about this season. Uh, you're a big one that came out saying about Nani. I last week was saying that I wasn't impressed by his first game and uh, heck I wasn't even impressed by his second game against uh, Chicago um, this weekend. What do you think he's going to bring to Orlando and what is he going to bring to the MLS? You think?
0: I, I think for, for Nani, it's, it's way too early to judge as you know, his works as a whole. What I will say is I expect him to be pretty good this year. Maybe not best 11, not an all-star caliber player, but I think he'll have good moments uh, certainly, his secondary assist against NYCFC was was excellent. Mm-hmm. He's still got talent. And I think that a lot of the fan base know who he is as a player mm-hmm. and and needed someone like that to latch on to. And I think that's, this, that's what he'll bring in 2019. I don't think you can run the, the whole offense through him. I think that O'Connor's got to figure out how to get him and either question or Coleman and Dwyer onto the same page because like, Orlando city this year, they're not good enough to be a possession team. They're not good enough to be like a high pressing Red Bull style team. They're going to have to do what they did against Chicago and be high, you know, hard to play against in that five, four, one. And then when they win the ball, send runners forward. And Nani's going to be one of those guys that needs to be the one who's asked to hit the last pass. I do think you can do that for 2019 and hopefully 2020 as well, but it's, it's a, it's an ask, there's a lot on his shoulders. Given how bad uh, you guys were last year, mm-hmm. it would really really help if Coleman got minutes mm-hmm. and then proved himself to be. Hallelujah! Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh,
2: he has a uh, twenty minutes in two games, and it, I, it with the you you see they play like a three five two or you know some variation of that at least on on offense where do, Where do you think Koman goes on that i mean if you how do you put Sasha and koman in that in that setup i don't, I don't so many coaches are just so hard and fast on their system that I feel like that's leaving people like Koman out and giving the edge to people like will johnson and and um stuff yeah. like that so I don't know i mean Nani was more central this last game than he is as a wing because of the the two striker system
0: no you're you're right um and there's a lot of pieces that don't quite fit with Orlando and mm-hmm. that's something that O'Connor is going to have to figure out. I think what we saw it, it, the last twenty twenty five minutes against NYCFC, and correct me if I'm wrong here, was Sasha dropping deeper mm-hmm. into more of like a facilitator <laughs> role than really a creative role. Yeah, and Coleman coming in and, and holding down some of the creative responsibility. If that's his role for twenty five minutes a game, you know, if he gets if he gets those types of looks, I, I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But you also have to say. Sasha probably needs protection defensively because he can't cover the ground he used to. Mm. And then does Nani need protection defensively as well? Are Coleman and Nani, either of those guys really a secondary striker? So like there's mm. the fit is not great with this roster. Um and it puts a lot of it on O'Connor on his shoulders to figure out how to make all this like some pretty talented pieces, how to make them all work together.
2: Yeah, no, if Sasha was definitely the deep lying well, it was definitely deep. It was him and Will Johnson. They took out uh, Sebas Mendes and uh, the right back Kyle Smith for mm-hmm. for Dwyer and Nani and, and and Coman in that game. So, so that that was that was peculiar. And then Chris Mueller went to right wing back, and it was like a four two four kind of thing. Yeah, camp. it was and then, weird. And Kuman was central next to Dwyer more than out wide on that. So that was just like a lot of offense at that time. I, I thought it was great. It was fun. It, he really went for the game. But it, it seems like you're saying you don't have like the pieces to play that press, but that's what they keep talking about. And that's what he wants to do. And that's what he did at Louisville. So is this a coach fit, doing a system that doesn't fit the pieces. or And then when it doesn't work, they say, I just need more of my people. And then it's a two-year project. And then
0: we we can them before the two years, like Orlando <laughs> normally does but. i mean I, I don't know like i don't want to project that far out yeah. I, I i will say i'm i will be surprised if this team can be a legit pressing team in 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 2019 yeah. but you know, O'Connor did show some flexibility against Chicago. Yeah. Like, they weren't, they weren't pressing Chicago, but they played pretty well and they were pretty solid defensively for the majority of that game. Once they got past the first 20 minutes, that's a good building block, yeah. not losing these first two games. Yeah. That's a good building block, getting two points from that and hopefully can build towards it. And hopefully again, the young guys like Coleman, and Mueller, um, you know, maybe Cam Lindley even can get some minutes and work into the rotation and give you that core so you can think about more than just the next 12 months. You can start thinking two, three years down the road and building a team that is honestly like the Red Bulls or or Seattle that stays together and just builds strength to strength year over year.
2: Yeah, that would would be ideal. And uh, I think now we're finally seeing some of his imprints on, on the system but, you know, just he has to work with what's there already. And Nani sure. doesn't seem like it's that was to try to get a name and talent. And I don't know how much like if he had full control, would he have gotten a Nani? Right. Yeah. And and Nani, the part I know that it's exciting to get young South Americans in this stuff and play the kids. And that's the narrative. And, you know, you're the one who builds the narrative. Matt, I know you were you were a playwright you know, you know how to write, you know how to write a narrative. But the narrative is a play to kids. And, um, we have one sort of a command and maybe, maybe in Mueller, right. If he's a kid, but, yep. but, but we also needed like some actual quality at the same time because we haven't made the playoffs. So I think, I think the nanny signing got a little bit trash or that context wasn't taken into account that much. And that, yeah, it's not a future piece, but we suck now. Why, why don't we get somebody good now?
0: I think if it had been a, a two year plus one option year, yeah, then then there would have been a different reaction to it. But the three guaranteed years at a DP level for, for Nani, mm-hmm. he's going to be, what, 35 at the end of it. Mm-hmm. That third year looks like, an, from here, it looks like an albatross. Mm-hmm. But I, I get why they felt they had to do that. And mm-hmm. you can't argue with the, he's got, what, two assists in two games. So you can't really argue with the, the early results. And hopefully for you guys, the, the early payoff will be so great, and the Mullers and, and Colmans of the world will develop so much that you're not worried about Nani having to play 2,500 minutes uh, in the 2021 season.
1: Let me ask you this, uh, Matt. I'm always the negative one on this uh, <laughs> podcast. He's the Portuguese and guy, Nani. and he's the one dumping I'm on Nani. He's guy, of course. Yeah. To me, I feel like this was more of a uh, marketing tactic by Orlando City of getting Nani. Let's fill up the, the seats. We're getting a name because we have so much young talent. Mueller, you know, going on his second year here with Orlando City. Kamal Miller, it looks so far so good. Do you think this was more of a marketing, hey, we lost Kaká and our seats, our sales went down and ticket sales. We got to bring somebody at least with a name and they brought Nani. you think that was something marketing-wise by Orlando City and the uh, thoughts of Alex Laketo and Flavio? I'm sure that, played a role in it but the the best
0: marketing is winning and mm-hmm. and you know or or well, so far not losing um and so and so far nani has helped them do that so i i totally understand it there is a large segment of the fan base that judges ownership's commitment solely by the the amount of money that they spend on big name euro players mm-hmm. um and that's just the truth in in mls and uh you know i think it's there's some truth to it in even in, in Liga MX. And it's frustrating, but if Nani helps them win, then it was really, really good marketing. And so far, I, I like what I'm seeing more from Orlando City this year mm-hmm. than last year. And that's a positive step forward. Well, how so? What do you, can you elaborate on that? What you, I think yeah. they're t- tighter defensively, more yeah. compact defensively. They seem to have a better identity in mm-hmm. terms of understanding responsibilities. Now, obviously the Sapong goal, uh, is, is the big counterpoint to that. Yeah. And credit to Shane O'Neill for putting his hand up after the game and saying, yeah, that was me. I blew it. Yeah. Cause
2: he put his hands out during the game instead of jumping. Yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but those are like, those, the, that's where you guys are as a franchise now. Yeah. Right. Like, like you guys have to, you guys didn't build well over the first three or four seasons and that bill comes due. And now you have to say, all right, we're going to live with with this franchise a little bit and or live, live with this roster a little bit and hope that the bumps that we take now, the, 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 the punches that we take in March and April and May means that we're a better team come June, July, August, September, and October. We saw Dallas do it last year. They played Reggie Cannon for the first two months. He couldn't kick a soccer ball. By the end of the year, he was one of the best right backs in the league. And, you know, as a story for the, I mean, Tyler Adams cost the Red Bulls that series against Chivas in the CCL last year. It was Tyler Adams' mistake that cost the Red Bulls. Yeah, that's true. anybody think that playing Tyler Adams was a mistake? So this is, you know, this is the type of stuff that that you have to you have to do and hope that at the end of the season the 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 whole is greater than the sum of the parts.
2: I, I think. Um we're you know when people ask well, what is Orlando style or what's their system, there wasn't a really good answer. Like you're referencing yeah. the Red Bulls, everyone knows what they do. Or even you pointed out how Columbus is, even how Kittle um, Porter is is similar to Berhalter in the way the way they play, right? So even <laughs> even through a coach transition, there's still some identity. So I feel like now we're finally getting to that point, but we kind of have to reset and start all over. So my expectations have changed. The club used to say defy expectations. Now my expectations are like, let's see players grow, develop. Let's yep. see some cohesion, a style, and then, and just kind of build from there. Is that? And, and the same, just overall, I think the, we came in really exciting with Kaka and then and our atmosphere and our fans. And then we kind of got kicked in the, the nuts and we're kind of resetting. <laughs> is that fair? Like, how does, how do you see Orlando regaining re, re the reputation? And yeah, we're so easy to troll, but the problem is we don't have that many comebacks because our record, you know, yes. is, is hard. <laughs> so I feel like you writers, sometimes you just need to like, look, I need to get some attention. I'm just going to make fun of Orlando. And then it, it, you know you got half an hour of just uh, just hate tweets coming at you.
0: <laughs> no, I mean honestly, it's it, it's not like that. Uh-huh. Like I, uh, you know, with, with Orlando fans, you, you guys are are a very passionate bunch, and there are a few of you who are um, beyond that. But yeah. I swear <laughs> to you, when I tweet about Orlando, it's, yeah. it's not for any other reason than like the same reason i tweet about portland or the same reason i would tweet about chicago mm-hmm. it's not and, and by the way um orlando fan engagement and and numbers yeah. are not not like huge They're, you guys are pretty middle of the road so yeah. we're, we're not doing it oh, for okay these yeah. insidious reasons we're engaging with yeah. the fans because honestly it's what we love to do yeah. as for the identity uh-huh. i think it, it think it starts with what o'connor has to do in terms of getting these guys into position and then getting them to work for each other. Like you guys aren't stupid. You saw the team last year. There yeah. were, mm-hmm. yep. Especially defensively. Oh it yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of working for each other. Mm. And for, you know, you guys could have laid down and died in that game against NYCFC. And you didn't. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Like, that's something that is.
2: Yeah. That's mentality, mentality stuff. He's been he's been preaching. And I don't think you guys do it insidiously. I just think it's just a good strategy, you know. Just like how do I, how do I, how do I get like you know, like Floyd Mayweather? People pay to see him lose, and like you know, hey, like it takes clicks. It's smart. That's all. I'm just saying it works.
1: <laughs> I'm going to ask you, uh, Matt, uh, uh, off of Orlando. I'm going to our rivals up north, the uh, the oh, champions, no. Atlanta. Frank DeBoer. <laughs> Is he going to last in Atlanta, you think? I mean, he's going to get the season. Yes.
0: Uh, and I think that he'll probably end up getting more than that because they made a big investment in him. And it's egg on everybody's face if uh, if he completely fails. And I honestly still think that they have too much talent to to fail in MLS in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what Joseph is. Petey's looked trash so far, but we know what Petey is as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would sell on Barco. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be super effective player. But, like, Eric Ravetti's a really good soccer player. Charlie Gnagy's a really good soccer player. Like, LGP, Miles R- Like like It's, it's going to last. But DeBorne was right. The fans were a little bit spoiled by their early success and by having – one of the most exciting teams in MLS history and it's not going to be like that anymore it's going to be a much different style and i think that uh it's going to be a test for a fan base that uh, hasn't had to endure too many tests exactly. early on yes. um, and i assume you guys will enjoy every every single i oh, will enjoy tests. it all believe yeah. me we're yeah. gonna
1: enjoy it as much we, as we can we all went out failure was,
2: up north yeah like we we got to take what what we you know what we can and we we all went to the the match in Atlanta last year where mm-hmm. uh, my friend uh works for field turf, they do the field there and then we, we got to, to stay and I don't think we're getting invited back because I mean, uh, the, the the boss was there. I made fun of Joseph Martinez. And then we started off, you know, just poor, just from the beginning. And then we just got trolled the whole way there. But we, we you know, we showed up, but they, they had some, it, it sucks, you know, because we, we showed up first and to be here. But I feel like we're, we're building on something in the long term. So, what do you, in regards to, to fan engagement, uh, to kind of get back to that. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, you guys. When it comes to just like coverage and content and all that, how much does that weigh into what you guys actually say? So you said you're not you're, – you're, it's just pure analysis. It's not – you're not trying to, to provoke because – especially since we're middle of the road, which I think it will be a surprise to a lot of us. But what do you guys – are you guys just free to just talk about whatever you want as analysts? Like how Yeah. Do, yeah.
0: Okay. Like we can't. I mean, look I, look, I work for the league. Everybody knows where my paycheck comes from, so I'm not going to go two footed, owner. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call a player absolute trash. Yeah. So I, like you, you, have to, you have to, learn how to criticize without being um, offensive or like, mm. like, personally attacking someone. Yeah. but I'm, I'm free to cover the the teams that I want to cover. I'm free to, to do so in ways that I think are are accurate. I'm encouraged to to highlight the positive before I, I really go into the negative, which for for some teams is is harder than than others. Um, but I like I like the job. The job is, is good, um, and I don't feel even though I'm like let's face it, it's it's PR. I, I don't feel like I'm doing um, pure PR. I, I do feel like I'm giving the fans a pretty accurate assessment. Uh, of the strengths and weaknesses of, of their teams and individual players and, and coaching staffs. Cool, awesome. And hey, so Matt, I got to ask you this question.
2: What is your favorite, is there a favorite person on Twitter that you interact with for Orlando City? I have a guess who I think it will be because I see you interact with them a lot.
0: Yeah, oh, like, absolutely,
2: Derek. Yeah, I was going to say it has <laughs> to be Derek. It has to be Kermit. It has to be Derek. Yeah, I think I think you guys have a mutual respect deep down. It seems like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not willing to call it. I'm not willing to call it respect. Okay, but it's okay. a mutual something.
2: It's a mutual know. something. I think I be mean, like you He's good at trolling. He's he's good at it. I mean, let's be honest. Derek is very good at what he does. Well, what is your that that um? What is your favorite tweet? My favorite from you because it hurt was the whole with the two um, bobcats. Atlanta and Orlando, <laughs> you have it pinned on your profile.
0: That is yeah, so true. It, <laughs> Especially I when we, it, when we went there, it was like, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. Yeah, I had it pinned for a while. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and it's it's good. It's better for the fan bases, I think, and it's better for for me. It is better for the league if the fan bases are are super engaged and super active, not just with each other, but w- with me and with other journalists. Mm. Um, and like, I think the vast, vast, vast majority of it is fun. There are some people who, who push it too far and get personal and wish death upon me and my family and my cats. And I don't, I don't particularly enjoy that part of it, yeah. but for the most part, like, this is what we want. I, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a world like there was no major league soccer till I was an adult. There was, yeah. it didn't exist until I was 19 years old and it sucked not to have our own first division soccer league and now we have it. And you know, there are fan bases that are huge and passionate and engaged. And it like the reason why I, the reason why I'm there on Twitter every day Mm. talking to these people is because I remember what it was like when there was nobody to talk to Mm. about soccer. I I remember what it was like when the league was on the verge of folding in Mm. 2001 and it sucked. It sucked. It was, it was miserable. Uh, and now that we have this, Me on Twitter is me appreciating that every single
1: day because, again, I remember when we didn't have it. Let me ask you a question, Matt. Where do you see soccer MLS here in about 10, 15 years? Do you still see it growing to something humongous? Maybe, you know, passing, if we haven't passed already, Liga MX. Where do you see us in about 10, 15 years with MLS? I I hope that it'll pass Liga MX by then. You know
0: the the media rights deal, which is coming up in a couple of years, is huge. Obviously, the CBA is going to be huge. What we need to recognize, though, is that we only have two avenues to get world class players right now, mm-hmm. and it's either the end of career David Villa, Kakas, Latan type, or we have to build them ourselves. Because you know, if we go to if we go to South America to look for world class teenagers, we don't get venecius we Mm -hmm. get marco Mm -hmm. you know and it's not world class Mm -hmm. so like we we have to have the commitment Mm -hmm. and the know-how and the culture and the infrastructure to build those players within and to get them on the field and to turn that into opportunities for those players to go to the biggest clubs in the world Mm -hmm. and to turn it into profit so that everybody who's involved in mls sees that there is money to be made here you do right by the players this way. You're not screwing the players. You're actually giving them exactly what they want, and paying them good money to do so. So the sooner that we have 25 or 30 teams who are committed to that, then the sooner MLS will be literally one of the very biggest leagues in the world. But it's a slow
1: it's a process, though. Um, what do you think about Orlando City coming? you know, now doing the academy? There's big hype about some of the players that were performing at OCB and everything, do you think this is going to be a, a good way? Because I know FC Dallas, their academy is great. The right. so. have a great academy. Uh, do you see that happening here in Orlando with OCB and the academy with the the in conjunction with Verde Academy? Yeah, it's been a reset. It,
2: yeah, like what do you think I, about I, the
1: reset?
0: I think it's it's huge, but there has to be the cultural commitment to take those kids and play them, mm-hmm. to to suffer through the mistakes like Reggie Cannon had last year or Tyler Adams had last year and to get him on the field. Mm-hmm. If there's not that commitment from ownership on down mm-hmm. coaches are currently conservative. Mm-hmm. Coaches would almost always rather go with a 30 year old veteran with a low ceiling, but a low probability of error Will Johnson. over the, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> almost yeah. always rather go for that yeah. rather than the talented 18 year old kid who might cost you a game or two at the start of the season, yeah. but in the long run, if you believe in your ability as a coach and you believe in his ability as a soccer player, he can end up giving you a lot more as a team and as a franchise. Well, we, but that has to, it's it's top-down. That, that commitment has to come from the top.
2: We we were, uh, we were did a podcast with the OCB general manager, Mike Potempo, and with Oguchi Onyewu uh, a couple of weeks ago. About the academy, right? And they were talking about, look at Ajax and their 19-year-old captain and how you have to let them play and and get the the kinks out, right? But here in in MLS, it's like the coaches are coaching for their job all the time. And you won't let Cam Lindley. Cam Lindley played fairly well at the beginning last year and then he had some errors that led to some goals and then he disappeared and he yep. hasn't come back and then Jose Coman had some moments maybe he didn't track back enough and now he disappeared and especially last year when we were out of it like why Why aren't we playing these people so I'm excited about the bottom part I want to see the, the top do that in the preseason we saw one of the preseason matches where there was four of them actually played five of them actually played and and um, one of them played both preseason matches with Jordan Bender and then Atas Diop is another The one who's about to turn 19 in a couple in the next couple of days, who who looks promising as well. They're all Mount Vernon, Orlando CDA, SEMA products there. So I know that I'm glad to see the commitment from the bottom. But as typical Orlando, sometimes the you know the message doesn't go all the way down every step of the ladder. And Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that's I think that's what's been that's what's crucial at FC Dallas and Red Bulls and Salt Lake, right? Where the whole entire club is committed to that and that's part of their identity and i think we're turning the corner there now finally
0: it feels like it yeah. i think you guys made a, a good hire at general manager this year what, and, what? and you know everybody knows that there's a ton of talent in florida mm-hmm. so if you open up that pipeline mm-hmm. there's no reason you guys can't do what the red bulls did in terms of miazga and uh, adams and selling guys for multiple millions of dollars to legitimately big clubs there's no reason you can't be what FC Dallas is or RSL is, and I think that should be the hope for the next three, four years. You discover that identity as a club
2: now, do, so you, do, if based on what you 're saying with regards to building up from the ground or you almost seem like you like the Adams and Alfonso Davies you know moves more than like getting an on and it's selling them on right I mean I mean that 's more sustainable is that why
0: I, I mean not everybody not everybody's going to go out and spend eight, ten, fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. On guys like that, and as we've seen from other big money moves mm. in ML- like it, you, yeah, they they hit on El Miron, yeah. they missed on Barco. Yeah, that's thirty million dollars, you know, yes. in total on transfer fees right there. Uh Andre Horta, mm. it, what, supposedly one of the best young players in in Portugal, can't get on the field for LAFC. That's, that's ten million true. dollars. That's not true. That's not true. Oh well, well why not? Just <laughs> yeah. part is not true. Oh, one of the oh, best players, oh, in- yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, no. No, no, but he, he, he was, yeah. No, this is what the context, uh, Doyle, um, is JJ was saying that he was overrated at the time. Right. Yeah, he was right. He, he's not wrong that, that he's not getting playing time. He's saying that he thought he was overrated when he came over yeah. here. I just think he In was first...
1: overrated. I mean, the money that he got, I just think to me, it was ridiculous. Uh, he was playing at Braga, and I don't think, you know, if he was that good, he would have stayed at Benfica, where he, his, uh, his club was. They had loaned him out to Braga, and that's and it. That's, and that's what I mean. Like the,
0: some of these guys are going to be Elmirones and El great, mm. but it's not a guarantee. Spending a lot of money is not a guarantee. You're going to get a good player.
2: That's true. Um, there, there
0: are no guarantees that you're going to get a good player. The smartest way to do it is to, to do it from within. It's to trust your system and to hire good people and mm. have that good culture. And then as you go around and go through, maybe you add a Davizia type. Maybe mm. you add a Kaká type. You know those guys are gonna be good. And like if you have a team of guys who are twenty to twenty-six years old and then you add a thirty-three year old superstar, that seems like a really good way to build a winning club in MLS.
2: Yeah. I think Orlando did that about seventy-five percent away, but we still have Sasha and we still have Will Johnson or, or you know, who are commanding a ton of minutes. But the rest of the squad is pretty young and then the thirty-three year old is nani, right? So they sort of I mean, we we're, we're, there was a lot to it was a lot to undo before you could completely go that. Yeah, but it felt yeah. like it was a step in the right direction. And the OCB team they they start at the end of the month. Their opener they have their average age is nineteen years old. They have tons yeah. of sixteen year olds. The oldest is twenty three, which is like center backs or like guys like like that, like Mateo Silva. It used to be with San Jose Earthquakes, is on OCB. So so I, I think that's that's a good commitment. So the, my question here, how, like, what's your three-year plan for Orlando? What do you think they can do to, to kind of turn it around and re-identify as a club, maybe as as a club that builds from within instead of this, you know, we're going to win yeah. now stuff?
0: I mean, that's a that's a really good question. It's going to have to be the last one. I'm up sure. against yeah. the clock here. No problem. I think it starts with who who's looked good to me, mm-hmm. the 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 first couple of games, mm-hmm. and then O'Neal and Deion on the back line, and um, whatever other pieces they they decide that they want to add there, or or maybe even keep there. Mm-hmm. I think Kamal Miller's got some stuff about him as well. Keep Acosta, and like that's your defensive core. Mm-hmm. Let them have some bad games. Mm-hmm. Let them have some bad moments. It's it's gonna stink at times. You, you can like you're gonna lose 4-1 mm-hmm. to somebody this year. Mm-hmm. Don't panic. Get them into a position where they can be better game over game over game. And if you have that type of solidity, you can add better pieces elsewhere. You can ride out, you know, scoring slumps in front of the net, and you can become a team that's sort of identified. As a team, that's hard to break down. That's 2019 going into 2020. And if you're hard to break down defensively, then you can start trying more stuff with the ball in possession, trying more stuff in attack. And then that gives you the chance to say, oh, man, this 17-year-old kid is ripping shit up with Orlando City B. Let's get him on the field in MLS. Let's put him in a position where if he fails, it might cost us a goal but it's not going to cost us a game. And if it does cost us a game, it's not going to cost us the season. It allows you to take chances to be that kind of club. And and again, you hired a guy from FC Dallas. I don't think anybody in the league understands that type of culture better. Um, And that's actually what I expect to see over the next couple of years from Orlando city.
1: All right. Well, Matt, we appreciate you uh, stopping by and giving uh, your thoughts and, Sorry about all the trolls of Orlando and everything, man. But uh, we appreciate it. Just uh, real quick, you think Orlando's signing someone else?
0: Probably not this window, but I I assume in the summer.
1: The summer.
2: summer. Very good. And the one last thing I wanted to say. Well, I thanks for apologizing, JJ. I I don't I, I don't think I've any I've had any like troll moments for a while, except so to Barbie, which I already apologized to. But I, I think Doyle, you tell me if I'm wrong here, but you you're you're giving honest assessments, right? As long as you yeah. feel like it's on his back, we could we could go back and forth a bit, right? You're not, oh, for sure. We're we're not gonna take it easy because you came on a show, which we appreciate. But right, but I, I think that's how you want it anyways, right? That's just banter. Yeah. I'm
1: still gonna call Bobby Coleslaw, coleslaw. Oh
2: yeah, that that was accidental. He turned into Bobby Warshaw, coleslaw. We don't even know. And and then, and then, you know what's the funniest part is that the guy who did it doesn't even follow up. It was like a drive by. I'm like, you're the one who started the beef <laughs> with Warsaw, and I'm the one who
0: ended up getting the bullets and looking embar- and getting embarrassed here. Uh, nothing be- embarrassing about it, guys. No, and, and you're right. I, I do like honesty is the best policy with all of this stuff. Uh, you know, keep it above the belt, which I think most of you all do. And um, there was honestly no. No need to apologize. I'm happy to come on the show again midseason. You know, once again, I'll probably be right about everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. This time, this time we didn't we didn't take a shot at any predictions. But you said that the club you could understand how they can have six points, but they're also you know two isn't terrible either, considering you know being down two nothing and, and and a road game. So I think you're spot on. So I wasn't going to argue with you on that. Excellent, awesome. All right, thanks, thank Matt. you, Matt. All right. Take care, Take boys. care, guys. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com.